have to eat the dream. You have to sleep the dream. You have to dream the dream. You got to touch. You have to see it when nobody else sees it. You have to feel it when it's not tangible. You have to believe it when you cannot see it. You got to be possessed with the dream. The dream. Yeah. What's up, guys, and welcome to Straight From The Chest Podcast. My name is Justin Groth, and I am your host on this personal growth, personal development podcast, and I'm so excited that you're a part of right now. Listen, if you are new, I just want to welcome you. If this is your second or 150th time tuning back in, I just want to thank you for your continued loyalty. It means a lot to me. And listen, guys, if if this is a podcast you derive value from or you believe anybody else would value from, please do not hesitate to share it. Link the podcast straight from the chest. Link myself at Justin Craig Roth is my Instagram handle. And uh, just to help generate more awareness of the podcast and the guests we have on, etc. It would just mean a lot to me. So I appreciate it. Thank you in advance. So listen, we have another special guest. Uh, he's, a, he's a friend of mine, Dustin. What's up, brother? Thanks for being here, man. What up, Justin, dude? Thank you so much for, for inviting me, man. It's an honor, a privilege, and a pleasure to be here. I appreciate that, man. And uh, so right away, I just kind of want to go into um, a little bit about why I brought you on or one of the one of the reasons why I brought you on. I brought you on for a couple of reasons, but one of the main reasons was you have a pretty compelling story, man, and um, I don't want to give away too much. I know briefly uh, about uh, I know briefly about it, but I don't know in detail too much detail. Um, and I just what I do know though is so powerful, and it's it doesn't happen. Um, this this rarely happens. I mean, let I'll just hand the reins over to you, bro. Cool, man. Yeah. Uh, well, where do you want me to, to start? Because it's been a crazy journey since day one coming out of the womb. <laughs> <laughs> well, in regards to the story, at first, I want to talk about that because that and that can lead into other things, I'm sure. OK, but um, I do want you to tell the story about your experience yeah, for sure. Um, so and be as detailed as you want, man. Yeah, of course. I don't remember a lot, so what I do have detail of, I'll, I'll let you know. Uh, long story short, it was three eighteen. Mm-hmm. No, no, not long story short. Oh, okay, so I want the long <laughs> version. All right. So uh, it was three eighteen eighteen. Um, I'm I'm a Finn, so we're Scott Irish, um, and I love St. Patrick's Day. Mm-hmm. Like, who doesn't love corned beef and cabbage and and all that good stuff? You know. So I was out with some friends having a good time. And um, last thing I remember, it was about two thirty. Said bye to my friends, and then I woke up a week later in uh, the hospital. Yeah, um, and I remember waking up, and I see my my wife right next to the bed, who was my girlfriend at the time. And I was super excited. I didn't know how I got there or what I was doing there, but I was just happy to see her. Um, I looked down, and there's. Um, I think it was 38 staples in my left leg. So long story. Um, I keep going to say that all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Basically what had happened was a Toyota Foreigner SUV was going 44 miles an hour. And as I was walking across the street, they hit me and sent me flying about 50 to 75 feet or yards. 
I don't remember which one it was, but they could only tell because of the distance between me and my shoes. So it literally knocked me out of my shoes. Wow. Pretty funny, right? Um, that's insane. <laughs> I didn't even know that was possible. I didn't know that was like, possible either. Who knocks people out of their shoes? No. Like, I've heard to knock your socks off, but knock your shoes off? Yeah, that's insane, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, fortunately, though, at the time, um, my best friend and I were pre- preparing for a show. So we were... We were getting jacks. Bodybuilding show? Yeah, bodybuilding show. Yeah. We were hitting it five, six days a week. 45-minute morning cardio, um, full hour-and-a-half, two-hour workout, another 30-minute ab session after, like, we were going hard. Yeah. Um, so I was pretty good in shape. Um, and when that car hit me, it dented the hood, dented the radiator, busted the grill, and broke the license plate frame. So... Um, the only way they were able to find out who hit me and how they hit me and where all that went is because the license plate frame, the detective that was on my case was able to find that missing piece, search all the dealerships in Dallas County, I'm guessing, say, we have this model number. Who has, do you have this car there? And they said, yeah, we sold this car. It's a silver 2004 uh, 4Runner. So once he got that like checked, he called all the body shops in the area. And one of them said, yeah, we got a Toyota 4Runner. Um, she said she hit a tree last night. Oh, so I, I thought it was oh, busted. I know. I took it as a compliment, though. Dude. As strong as a tree. Yeah, you know? as a tree. Like, yeah dude. <laughs> got that oak chest. You know what I, I mean? I love it. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, going back to the hospital, I had thirty-eight staples in my leg. I have. I currently have two titanium rods in my femurs. Um. I had. You know uh, bone structure. What's not the big shin bone, but the other one? Not femur? The, no, not the fibula. No, a femur? No, not the femur. Mm. Um, not your front shin bone, but the little side one. The little side. Not your fibula or your tibia. It's one of those two. Yeah. I'm, I'm, drawing, I'm also drawing a blank. Anatomy right. class was years ago. <laughs> okay. Uh, snapped that one. Um, broke all of my ribs. Not just cracked them, like straight shattered them. Um they were the only reason besides like God saving me from all this, the scientifically, if you look at it, the only reason my ribs bones didn't um, like kill me is because they were stuck to all my abs, my abdominal muscle. Mm. So from that point of view, that's like, Oh man, that's amazing. Like you were able to survive this. Thank God you work out. And it's like, no, like thank God that we serve an amazing, gracious God. Cause that's the only reason that happened. Uh, punctured a lung, cracked my skull in two different places, broke my L4, and uh, broke my collarbone. Jeez. Yeah. If you do the numbers on that, scientifically, there's a 115% chance you die. That's what they said. Mm-hmm. That's like at 40 miles an hour, you're toast. And then every <laughs> like mile per hour above that, it's like 5% increase, I think, or... Really? Maybe it was like forty-one miles an hour or something along those well, lines. Well, and but it yeah. was a car. It wasn't a car. It was a. It was a truck. It was SUV. They yeah. hit you too. It's like, yeah. um, so scientifically, they say that you were able to hold up because of the musculature around the rib cage. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's the only like the bare basic like why did you know this not kill the kid? Well, right. Should have. Well, he was he was fit and he had abs, so the abdominal muscles, you know, like stuck to the ribs and that's how you know the tendon right. and the ligament and all that good stuff but at the end of the day so because you were strong and you were put together 
you know, from uh, in terms of the a muscular standpoint, right. that they didn't impact you the same as it would somebody else that wasn't in that in that shape, right? Um, so your last memory was leaving the bar. Yeah, I remember looking at my phone. It was like two thirty in the last morning. memory. Cool. That's it, dude. Yeah, two thirty in the in the afternoon. Or? No, in the morning. Oh, in the morning. Yeah. Um, I'm at a loss, man. Well, dude, I mean, <laughs> here's the craziest part about it all. This is what like really like shook me to the core is when I woke up, um, my stepmom was there with my dad and my father-in-law now. She was like, Hey, well, that's like, Oh my gosh, I'm so glad you're alive. Did you have any dreams or did what happened when you were in the coma? And I was like, yeah, I did have a dream. And she's like, Oh, what, well, what was it all about? And this, like, I can remember, like, vividly right now. I will never forget this. I am I feel like a group of people on the right-hand side of me. I feel a group of people on the left-hand side of me. I don't know how many are there, but I could just feel like there's people. Um, and I remember this giant dude, probably, like, seven feet tall, maybe. Like, big dude, eight foot, maybe. Covered in nothing but silver armor. Like, shiny silver armor. And he's got a spear that probably 10 foot spear. Don't know. But I just remember like the blade. Um, it goes out like this and then it would come back and then it would go out like that. Like that type of design. I could almost draw it out if you really mm-hmm. wanted me to. And I just remember like I felt the most shame and embarrassment and utter disgust of myself that I have ever felt in my life. Because whoever was looking at me saw every single thing I had ever done wrong. Mm. Ever. And I couldn't even look up at them. I just knew. like, just I could just feel it on me like a crazy weight. Um, and then next thing I know, I hear the words, um, it's not your time. And I woke up. Bam. Bam. Are you serious? Yeah, dude. So it wasn't like what people describe sometimes having near-death experiences where they they see a light and they uh and they and they see jesus Mm -hmm. essentially whereas this this your interpretation of jesus or god is essentially a man in armor with a humongous sword so i see where you're going with that one or no not necessarily okay so check this out um i have a my wife and I, we both have two, two different people, but we have spiritual mentors mm-hmm. that are very prophetic in the sense that they can hear, like they legitimately hear or get visions or pictures from the Lord as we're talking to them. And they will give those things to me like, Hey, this, the Lord keeps putting this on my mind. So this is what I'm feeling right now. And I didn't believe my first, but they've called things out of my life that nobody knows mm-hmm. that only the Lord would know. So they're, they're legit. Um, Um, so when I was talking to him about all of this, just like when you walk up to the castle in England, they have people with guard, like guards up front, right? Well, that wasn't where I was standing was the courtroom of heaven. And if you read the book of Job, it talks about it. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't even know that existed. Yeah, dude, the courts of heaven, it's a real thing. And (laughs) like it happened it's mentioned in the bible multiple times but just the book of job first chapter first place you'll find it um and that's where god judges things you know that's where he lays down the law literally 
Hmm. So that guy with the in the metal the armor was literally like the guard when you enter into something. Wow. Like, no, you're not allowed to pass, you know, type of thing. That's what he was doing there and it just felt like I was staring at a or a, a board of directors was like interviewing me in front of you or on the side you said? In front of me. I in could, front of you. Yeah. I don't I don't remember looking at them, but I can just feel them. Yeah. You know, you feel people looking yeah. at you. And it felt like it was big big like a stadium no not like a stadium like literally like you walk into a courtroom and it felt like the jury was on one side or not the jury but like the courtroom attendants Mm -hmm. just people there were on the left and the right and then as you were like presenting your case to the judge like that's what it felt like that i was literally being judged by god (laughs) because i was but you didn't see an uh, a a form of what or an entity oh, being dude. God. I was so embarrassed and ashamed of like me and who I was. I didn't have the, like, I don't want to say to look. Yeah, up. dude. I just, I just could not get myself to look up and look at them. So it, they were, there was probably an entity there. You just didn't have the goal to look up and to, to notice it. Oh, hundred percent. Right? Cause the way I could feel it, that's mm-hmm. why I like, I knew I didn't know what was going on, but I knew something was going on because I could just feel the energy of people and, you know, eyes looking at me and, and in the center of all this is the guard. He's to my left. <clears throat> oh, he's to your left. Yeah. So like, as if I'm walking down the aisle, I feel a group of people on the right hand side of me and a group of people on the left. And then as I come up to the end of that aisle, there's this guard with a giant spear mm. and I didn't walk past him. That's just where I stand. And I just remember seeing him cause I was looking down and out of the corner of my eye, I could see this dude. And he was just covered in this shiny silver armor with this massive spear. And I was like, oh my gosh, who are you? Like, are you my guardian angel? Like, what what's going on right now? Wow. Man. That's trippy, man. So if anybody listening to this is ever curious and wonders, like I did for many years, is heaven real and does God exist? The answer is yes. Yes, he does. And you could, and there was no light before this, right? No. So people... Will have they have near death experiences? They'll talk about this light, this mm-hmm. tunnel, this 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 light that they see, and you saw none of that. It was pitch dark until you go into this courtroom, so to speak. I that's the only thing I remember mm. is I just yeah, that's it. I just remember standing there. I don't remember how I got there, how long I was standing there. I just remember that's where I was at, and I was dude. I think one of the one of the crazier things too is that your last memory was you leaving the bar. It's 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 crazy how the mind will throw stuff away. Yeah, you're absolutely right. The trauma right. Mm-hmm. of something will be, will be discarded, and you'll go back to your fondest not a fond memory, but your most um, I don't know uh, normal Protective. memory. Yeah, protect right. Yeah, it's a it's a wow. Okay, so. Were you religious before this? Were you spiritual before this? You were. Good question, dude. Um, so this is like the crazy, this is like when I'm, my like, what are you doing type of thing. Um, and how old were you, by the way, when this happened? I was 26, 25, 29 okay. now. So yeah, four years ago. Um, I grew up going to a Christian, I, my grandparents raised me. I came up from a broken home. My grandparents raised me in Long Beach and my great grandmother was the one who provided the finances for me to go to a private Christian school. So growing up, I was definitely into church, 
Um, I was playing on the worship band at my church in middle school and I was all about it. And then once we got into high school, um, something just changed. I stopped going to church, I was playing sports again and girls and high school. And I just wanted to live life. You know, I knew that there was God, that God is a thing. I wasn't ever really sure if he was really real, but you know, I've, I've had some experiences and it sounds like a good idea, but let me just go experience this whole life thing first. Let Mm -hmm. me see if, you know, what they're saying is really true. So I just went out and from the time I graduated to high school till I was 26, I just ran amok, dude. Just did anything and everything I wanted to do to see if everything we see in the movies and on TV is real. And if it is as great and gives you all that glitz and the glamour and all those warm, fuzzy feelings on the inside, and it doesn't. It doesn't at all. Mm-hmm. All you're going to be doing is it leaves you broke, lonely, and embarrassed. Mm. So you were, so it was basically God's way of reeling you back in then probably. A hundred percent it was. And up until that point, uh, and it's, you know, the thing is, is that your, your situation is, is closely related to another person that I know or did know rather he passed, mm-hmm. but it's, it's odd because he, um, I had a, uh, this is an ex-girlfriend and she had, uh, two twins or two little daughters and they were twins with this gentleman. Mm-hmm. And, um, so they were obviously split apart and, and I came along and we were, we were together and we were, and so they would, you know, trade off kids, you know, every week or so. Um, that's besides the point. What, what happened was he was around your age. He was around 27, I believe at the time. Mm. And he would get drunk quite a bit. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know that he had the best upbringing. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm sure that some of those things played a, pivotal role in the reason why he was this way, you know, or why, oh, absolutely. He, you know, yeah. And so, um, why he, you know, was partaking in these extracurricular, extracurricular activities all the time, you know, one night he got on his bike after drinking it at Rick's mm-hmm. and you know, that Shelby Beach road, that frontage road that has all that, you know, where the, all the shops are. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he was barreling down that Shell Beach Road, and there was a, I believe it might have been a Forerunner, but the Forerunner or whatever SUV it was, some for some reason in my mind it's it's a Forerunner, but I could be wrong on that. It was a it was a, I want to say it was an SUV, and it was it was at the stop at the stop sign on one of the roads that come up, you mm-hmm. know, and he ran into that. He barreled into the side of the, tr- of the Trub SUV. Oh man. And, um, I mean, he was, it was immediate. Yeah. And I want to say they said he was going, <clears throat> I could have this, uh, wrong too, but 40 or 50 miles an hour, something like that. But on a bike, yeah, it's just, it may have been more than that. Maybe, I don't know, but he, he, uh, unfortunately didn't make it out 
But I know that it's the thing is, why does God spare certain people? I guess what I'm trying to get to is that why does, why did God spare you when you had zero chance of living and not him? You know what I mean? Yeah. That's a and this question, is something that dude. you probably have asked yourself the same thing. If I was in your shoes, I'd ask myself the same thing. Why did God spare me when there are multiple people that this happens to less, less happens and more die. Yeah. Like there's been less trauma to, to some people's accidents and they die as a result. That night, five, five other people were hit by a car and I was the only one that survived that night. Jeez. Yeah. Well, I mean, it makes sense because it was St. Patrick's day. Right. Yeah. Um, but still like why to answer why your, you? your question, like, yeah. like why me? I mean, like, thank God you, yeah, but yeah. why you, like, I would ask myself that too. Like if I was the one that made it out, like, why did you save me? There's clearly something that you want to do in my life, but Hey, I'm not seeing it right now. I'm not seeing it. Yeah, and dude. so, and, and that gets me to a point where you and I, as men, we're not happy. Typically we're not done. We're not happy with where we're at in life because we always want to gain more. We always want to do more. We always want to be more. Yeah. It's called the burden of becoming basically. We talked about this kind of briefly before we got on, but the burden of becoming is sometimes, um, a very tumultuous state to be in because mm-hmm. We feel like we have to keep doing stuff. We feel like we have to, it's not ever, it's not ever enough. And look, I'm not talking about chasing riches. I'm not talking about chasing power. I'm talking about just being a better man mm. for your wife, right. for your child, if you have a child, etc. Yeah. Those things are very uh, weighing on men's shoulders. And So I guess in your state right now, you would think, okay, I'm just talking this abstract. If I were in your shoes, I'd be like, okay, well, what are you doing then? You got me, you saved me. So what are we doing here? Like, I'm not saying this as a, as a means of talking down to God or talking in a way that's, that's sort of disrespectful. I'm just saying like in my head, I'd be thinking, Okay, so what now? Like you have me, and I guess God's way of combating that statement is, well, you think this is going to be done in a year or two? I mean, I'm working something big in your favor, but you have to allow me to orchestrate these things on the back end, and they don't just take weeks or months or a couple of years. It's going to take some time, man. So it's like, but the one thing that you have is that you have a solidification in your existence is solidified why you're here because if you didn't have anything else to do on this planet you'd have been gone yeah you had the perfect out <laughs> like, <laughs> it's the yeah. perfect out <laughs> it doesn't get much you know? easier than that <laughs> nobody's gonna say like I can't believe you didn't make it out of that nobody's gonna say that they're gonna be like yeah that was a crazy death man so cheers to that dude yeah i mean cheers (laughs) yeah cheers i know we can laugh about it and it's but there's no laughable matter i mean it is very very serious at its core how do you feel about that man i mean 
what goes on in your head? That's a, such a deep question, dude. Like, and believe it or not, nobody has thought about that and asked me that question yet. So, cheers to you, dude. Because that was that's a good one. I've, I've that was a question I think we all ask ourselves. Like, what are we doing here? What is this thing called life that we're spinning through on a rock? Like, what what are we doing? Um. So before my accident, that was constant. Like, like you're saying, it's a guy thing. Like, we just have to know what are we doing this for. And there's, we always want more, not because we want, some people want to have the Rolly and the Bentley. And if you do, by all means, go for it. Um, But other gentlemen like you and myself just want what's best for us and those around us so we can make their life better. Um, I want the Lambo one day. Yeah, yeah, of course. That's (laughs) definitely in the cards. But but (laughs) if I don't make it there... I'm not going to hate life. You I'll know what I mean? with the Corvette. Yeah. <laughs> Aim for the stars. You're right. Land on the clouds. Um, but yeah, so that's that's true. It does give me that satisfaction in a way. This um, That yes, the Lord has something in mind for me. And there's obviously, we're all here. We woke up this morning, so he has a plan for us as well. The hard part is figuring out what it is that he wants to, you to do. Um believe I'm probably misquoting this or off by a little bit, but in the Bible it says it's God's glory to hide the mystery and it's in man's glory to find it. Mm-hmm. So basically if this was all easy for us, then that would just take all the fun out of it. Right? So our journey is to go through life striving to obviously be like Jesus, but wondering like working towards him and his path for us. But from what I've found out recently, or learned is we can't be the person that he wants us to be in 10 or 20 years if he doesn't work on us right now. And that's like the hard part is when in the Bible, it also says that his timing is perfect in every way. And I love everything the Bible says, but there's sometimes when you just want, like you want it to be wrong, but it's never wrong. You know, like I want timing to work in our way, but that's Mm -hmm. when God's showing you, okay, you need a little more patience, need a little more faith in me, need a little more trust. And maybe there's a couple of things like in you that you need to work on with me so that when I get you there to this place that I have planned for you, because I got this epic plan for your life. But if I would put you there now, you wouldn't be as effective and you wouldn't fulfill my, my job for you as much as if you would when my timing is right for you. Does that make sense? Mm. Oh yeah. So it's right now. That's pretty much all. It's it's a rough season for sure because you want something but you don't know what, and you kind of feel like you're in between the rock and a hard place. Doing what trying to decide is it what your heart wants, and that's what's you know what you're chasing after is because you want it or does God want it for you, and you're making the right decision over what He wants in your life as opposed to what you think is right because. You know, this is me in my life. I can do whatever I want type of thing because that never works out very well, ever. <laughs> <laughs> the, this, you know, that I guess life has a weird way of working out. Uh, a lot of people, you know, there's, there's two sides of this coin here. There are people that do not absolutely believe in God. And they only believe in action 
and they only believe in the creation from their action because at that point they become their own God to some mm-hmm. degree, you know, and they don't really have to rely on anybody. I mean, it would be, I would be hard pressed to think that a Jeff Bezos or even, even a, another multi-billionaire, you know, I mean, I would be hard pressed to think that they really put any kind of care into the notion or sentiment of God because why when they can have anything they'd like in any to any stretch of the imagination and they have freedom to do whatever they'd like and really when you have you you know when you go on vacation and you take that time out of work and you allocate that time to just be with your loved one or even if you're solo you've planned the trip accordingly with you brought the money you need and you even go beyond in terms of how much you overestimate how much your money you're going to need. So you don't have to worry about falling short, right? In terms of what you buy, you guys, you want to have a good time. Now extrapolate that to if that was your life and you didn't have to worry about anything because everything revolves around some type of currency, you know, to some degree, Right. I mean, you can, even if you wanted to buy somebody, you can buy them. I mean, people can be bought. Most people can be bought unless you don't, unless you have a certain level of morals and ethics, et cetera, that no amount of money can buy you. And I believe there are people like that exist as well. Of course. But if you're a, if you're this kind of obscenely wealthy person and every day is a vacation for you and you can choose to do whatever you'd like. How often do you think about God when everything that consumes your human brain is basically in front of you and you can have it and there's no trial to get it. There's no, there's no type of, uh, fence in your, in your way. You can just have it and you have the freedom to do all of that. However much you want of it, whenever you want, have whoever you want, Whenever you want, that is to some degree probably the most useless existence because there's no depth to you because everything can be fulfilled off of everything can be every, every, every thing that's in front of you can be fulfilled in a matter of seconds because you don't have, you don't have to answer to anybody. Whereas like you or I, we have to depend on let's say favor, right? Like we have to, to some degree, depend on good breaks. We can't always say, I'm just going to wait on a good break, but you definitely in the back of your mind. And if you're a human being, I think that all of us do this to some degree. We hope that there are good breaks in our future. Yeah. Like good fortune, good breaks, opportunities, etc. Right? Of course. And you can't stay in your house and not be visible to anybody in public or interface with people and not be known by people and have good breaks happen to you. So you have to go out into the world and make yourself known. 
And how do you do that? You got to contribute something. Mm -hmm. You got to put yourself out there in terms of what you're good at. Contribute something so people recognize who you are and what you're good at and your talent. And if you're, and if you're, if you're, if you're smart enough, I shouldn't say smart enough, but if you, I guess, I guess if you take a chance on yourself, you'll do the things that make you most happy and fulfilled because you know that. Those are the things that are going to translate to probably the opportunities that you want in life. Because if you're doing something that you love to do and you do it with little to no effort because you're just good at it, chances are other people are going to take notice to what you're doing because you do it so well. And chances are they'll see value in that. And maybe that's right in line with what they do. And maybe they're at a higher level than you are at, but maybe because they see so much value in you and what you do, they want to put you on. They want to bring you up levels that you couldn't bring yourself up. So we all want those opportunities. Like we all want favor. We all want those things to, to kind of shower over us every day that we wake up out of bed, you know, but not every day that happens. In fact, most days it never happens. So how do you, how do you wait as you're in, when you're in the interim, how do you cope? How do you cope in knowing that one day, if I keep doing this, I'm going to be put on one day, but it's not today. And I don't know if it's going to be in a couple of years or three years or nine years. But I know one day I'm going to be put on and my trajectory is going to shift in a way that I never thought was even possible. And I'm going to be able to provide for people that I never thought fathomable, but it's going to happen one day. But I'll tell you where it doesn't happen. If you stop, if you stop, everything stops and that possible opportunity stops. And it's not at that point, even it's not even in the cards. And so now you're in even a more of a disparaging state. And so how, I mean, the, the point is people that have something to them, like yourself, there's a reason for your existence. It's been solidified when you should have died. What now? Well, you probably asked yourself that the only thing that you can possibly assume is it's going to happen one day. Something is going to materialize and I'll reflect when I'm there as to the reason why I was kept alive. That is exactly right. Do you think that? 100% dude. 100%. Bro, if I was in your shoes, that's the only thing that I would think. Like to some degree, you have a leg up. You may have, you may have metal structures in your body from where they had to piece you together. But the fact is you have a glaring solidification that there's a reason why Dustin is alive. A lot of people don't have that. A lot of people don't have that luxury of knowing there's a reason why I'm alive. They just think it's happen chance. Well, this clearly isn't happen chance when you should have been dead 115% rate at 150% rate, you would have been dead. Yeah. So talk about 
turning the negative into a positive. And there's clearly no positive here. The only positive I saw in this was the fact that you have solidification. Like God's telling me, I'm not going to tell you what you're going to do. I'm not going to tell you what you're going to create, but I'm going to tell you that you're not ready to go. So you're clearly meant for something great or else like most people, you already been outed. You would have already been outed and you would have, again, we laughed at it, but you would have had an, an, a, 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 ridiculously crazy excuse as to why you left or not excuse reasoning as to yeah. why you left. I mean, that's a story, man. I, I feel like I'm talking too much, but how do you feel about that, man? I mean, no, I, dude, that's um, taking it back to what you were saying about a Jeff Bezos or an Elon Musk having all the money in the world and not having a need. Essentially they can have whatever they want when they want. Um, if you can look at, um, I believe during, um, during his days, Jesus said, it's easier for a camel to fit through the eye of a needle than a rich man to enter the gates of heaven. And I didn't understand that before. Like, you know, when you read it and you're like, Oh, I don't get that, but okay. I'm sure one day I'll figure it out. Yeah. That's like me and like many passages in the Bible. Exactly. Dude. You know what? And that's okay. Cause they call it the living word because what we don't see now one day we read it again, two years later, it just pops out. To right. It's like it's alive. And I don't mean like I can't in, I can't ingest it. I mean, I just don't understand their verbiage. Oh yeah. Dude. You know, it's like, what? Oh yeah. How does that make sense? No, I guess. Okay. You know, but, <laughs> right. Whatever you say, Lord. <laughs> but I know, I know what you're saying. I yeah. mean, well, how do you interpret that? Well, I didn't really understand it then until you brought this up to me, though, because if you like you were saying, if you have all the money in the world and you have everything you could need and you don't feel like there is a need for something because you have it, you have these godlike feelings, even though you're not a god, you feel like it because you can do whatever you want, you know, um, that leaves out the the missing part is what they can't do. And that is. Um, where do I want to go next? They don't have the, if you, when you can solve all your problems and you don't have that pain, you don't look for the one that can solve your problem mm -hmm. or can heal that pain. He doesn't, they don't, I'm sure they got issues like we all do, but they don't got the normal pain that we have. Yeah. They're not worrying about where they're going to get their next 10, 20, 30 bucks for gas. They're not mm -hmm. worrying about am I going to be able to get my kids next pair of shoes for school next year? They're not worried about that stuff. And that's the pain that you get and you find the comfort and the, the peace in finding that knowing that there is a one true living God of the universe who created this place, who has me in and who has my back in it on all of this. So, and I think that's the big gap that the, the normal everyday person would have as opposed to a multi-billionaire. Because that's just, you know, they say money, money can't buy happiness, which is true. It can't, but it can buy a lot of things. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> it can fix a lot. <laughs> it can, and it, and it definitely does. And I think people conflate happiness with fulfilledness. 100%. So it can make you happy. Right. But it can't fulfill you. There you go. There's that's a, a difference. That's a great way to put it, dude. Yeah. And, uh. 
you know, being fulfilled is kind of analogous to you being on your purpose. You know, you feel like you're being utilized and you're not just being utilized because you can do something like, for example, they want you to clean the bathrooms at your work. Mm -hmm. You don't want to clean the bathrooms, but you have two hands, right? You know how to use a scrub brush and some 409. You can clean the bathrooms. You don't feel happy doing that because you're not being utilized for the innate talent that you have. It's not an innate talent that you have. Dustin, I'm saying not people in general to be able to clean bathrooms or clean in general, right? Your talent's something different. So being utilized means a lot in terms of the context is being used. So if I'm being utilized for everything that I know that I'm great at, or if I'm, even if I'm just good at it and I do this thing with little to no effort, but it comes out in such a extravagant and professional way that I'm noticed by it. I'm noticed for it rather. And people want more of that. What I have. And I'm just doing this thing because it's what I'm kind of, you know, I feel like is, you know, I don't know, just organic to me. Mm -hmm. And that person that's using you or calling you to do whatever it is that you do, they're, they're in awe over it because they can't understand how you could do this when you have little to no experience in the field or whatever, Mm -hmm. but because you're being used and utilized for the talent that you have, that's already infused in you. That gives you a different type of meaning and the way that you move in life, your outlook on life in general, your conversations with people, how you view yourself. You become more confident because you're more competent because clearly You're being used for something that you do greatly and it's just organic to who you are. And that, that is fulfilledness. That's being fulfilled when you're delivering something that you're great at and you're helping people in the process or delivering some type of value by your talent Mm -hmm. coming from your talent. That's being fulfilled. You can't explain that type of feeling to Somebody who asks you, the only thing you can say is, I don't know. It's just, I feel like I'm fulfilled in my heart. Like it's just, it's just, it's what I am. It's who I am. It's my identity. Mm -hmm. And that's something that we are in search for every day. We're trying to be on our purpose. And I say, I use the word trying because It doesn't often come natural and it can be sidelined by a lot of, a lot of frivolous jobs to just in an, just in an attempt to make money to survive. Mm -hmm. You can lose sight of your purpose or what should be your purpose because you're just so enamored with, Oh, I got to make fucking rent. Yeah. And so although those things are noble to make rent, and to do the jobs that you need to do to survive and provide for your family. Those are very noble things or noble, noble, noble pursuits. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make you up. It's just what you need to do now in the interim before that pursuit shifts and you beget 
your purpose or you're now on to the purposeful thing that Dustin is meant to do in life. And for men, for everybody, that comes at different stages in life. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember when I was 24, my life took a shift. When I was 36, it took another shift. There was like almost, I've read about this. I don't know how true it is, but I've, but it's something about every 12 years, hmm. there's begets a shift in your life. And it might happen a little after 12 years, a little before 12 years, but it's around 12 years. And then I, I learned about this when I learned about, I, I put it in, into, into my thoughts about my own life. So I applied it and I thought to myself, wait, yeah, when I was 24, 23, that happened and that led to this. And that was very moving and pivotal for my life. And then 36, this happened. And it shifted my attention in this way, in this direction. And again, I don't know how true that is, man, but if I, if I'm, if I think back to my life, it's definitely applied for my life. So, and then yourself that happened when you were 25. Yeah. I never, I've never heard about that before, but it sounds like it's pretty spot on so far. So far. Right. Yeah. You can't really remember what you know when you were 12. So it's like, <laughs> right? Um, I went, I, really to, like I went to middle school. That <laughs> yeah. was a pivotal shift of my life. Well, I got into middle school. Um, Red Kool-Aid is better than purple. <laughs> exactly. So it's like, look at the end of the day. And I hate that saying, I guess at the end of, at the end of this thing, we don't understand where we're going. We just try our best to navigate and we understand without knowing that we're meant for something. You know you're meant for something. It's clear. It's more clear than anybody because you were kept alive when you had an easy out. And I mean, I keep saying it because it's just so paramount, man. Like it's just like the glaring understanding that's in your face. That's like, Yes, you're meant for something. Do I have to spell it out? Like if this is God talking. That's pretty much what he did, dude. He pretty much like that was his way. He knows I'm kind of stubborn. I can be kind of hard headed. And he's like, bro, look. (laughs) And if you say I'm kind of stubborn, I'm kind of hard headed. You're really stubborn and you're really hard headed. But you're going to obviously water it down because you're talking about you. Yeah. You know, I'm the same way. Yeah. And I understand that. And that's the reason why I call it out because I'm the same way. I might lie to myself a little bit. I might lie to the person I'm not, well, not the person I'm talking to, but I might lie to my, if I'm talking to myself, I might lie to myself and say, yeah, I'm a little bit this way because I'm biased towards my own favor. I will, I don't want to dispense with the exact truth. I don't want to be, I don't want to be exactly, uh, I don't want to be exact in, in that term. So I'm going to say, yeah, I'm a little bit this, I'm a little bit that. But I know, dude, it's, you're a lot, those things, because those things wouldn't have happened. Like the series of events that took place wouldn't have happened in that fashion. If you were just a little bit that and a little bit this. Well, yeah, of course not. But right. You know, you know what? (laughs) Well, I mean, if we're getting, I didn't know you wanted to be like that real dude. Yeah. I'm. I like to be right all the time, but I'm not. And that's when the stubbornness comes into play. Cause then you're like, well, you were right. Yeah. But maybe you were wrong. So let me try again and see if you were right. 
oh yeah that is, that's a really hot stove don't touch that stove <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know yeah that's that's my type of stubbornness you can tell me the right answer but i want to find out for myself and i feel like that's god's way of being like hey you've been asking all your life is heaven real and is god real let me show you yes it's real now go back down there i got something for you to do yeah and that's where i'm like hmm okay but to go off to piggyback off of what you were saying about the glaring image in big flashing letters that like yes you have something a purpose for you i completely agree with you but at the same time is like simple as it sounds and it's such a hard thing to like comprehend because i before my accident i would think about this all the time um et the hip-hop preacher he says it all the time um what's all the the motivational speakers that if you got um what is it if there's air in your lungs if you can got room to breathe then you're meant for something and at the end of the day is like cheesy as it sounds even though like i had a crazy gnarly shakening of to realize that we all do every day we wake up it may seem like such a casual thing to do to wake up, but not everybody wakes up. Sometimes tonight, what is it? Every five seconds, somebody gets taken away from us or something like crazy like that. Like we're all given a blessing of life and we're given a lot more blessings that we can ever, than we anticipate or even think about anymore because we're just so used to them. Like, dude, after my accident, I was in a, I was pretty much, not bedridden, but like couch, wheelchair, floor for a solid four months. Um, like had to crush it around. Um, it was really funny. Uh, Chelsea's parents let me stay there to like rehab at their place and they have a two story. So I couldn't like walk up the stairs, so, but at night, so I would just literally like scoop my butt up each stair one at a time. <laughs> <laughs> like wake up in the morning, slide down one butt at a time. <laughs> you gotta do what you gotta do, man. Yeah, you gotta do what you gotta do. Um, but that like, and I remember sitting on the the couch, like, man, I wish I could just go into the gym right now. I wish I could just do something. I wish I could get up and walk to the the fridge. Like, I wish I could just the little stuff that we we do every single day that we don't ever think about take for granted. Yeah. A hundred percent dude. And that's like the biggest thing. One of the biggest eye openers is like, don't take life for granted. It's so easy because we get so caught up in our head and in, in our day to day that we just forget about the little stuff that, you know, stop and smell the roses. Like, but no, like legit, like it's a, it's a, it's a thing for a purpose mm-hmm. and we all have something here. And that's always like the, the hard part, you know, like, all right, Lord, what do you want me to do? And you got me here. You gave me another day. Yeah. So I know there's something planned, but then that whole patience, timing, trust, faith, that's where it all kind of the hardest part is to intertwine all of that. And then on top of that, be completely like, not satisfied, but like, okay. And happy in the blessings that the Lord has given you in this day, you know, Lord, give me this day as my daily bread. And that's, that's the key though. That's the key as you wait. And even, even not just waiting because after you come into new blessings and new favor, you'll actually forget about those certain things that you that we were grateful for. And it's important that you establish that behavior 
So you do it repetitively, meaning you think about the things you're grateful for repetitively mm-hmm. because you know that it could be different in the blink of an eye right. and things could change. You know, the fact that I, I, from a humanity standpoint or humanitarian standpoint, rather one of the, one of the things that I've, that keeps retelling itself to me, if you will, is be empathetic to people because your I have a tendency to walk through life as if my theme soundtrack is playing in the back of my head. And I know that everybody hears it and everybody thinks exactly what I think as I'm walking through life with this, with this theme, with the soundtrack going, you know, blaring. And that's just not the way life is, man. And what I mean by that is you get to be in a constant state of flow where you feeling yourself, mm-hmm. you're feeling yourself. And that's a problem because you start feeling yourself way too much. You don't feel others mm-hmm. and you don't have empathy with other. how many times you listen to a song that lights you up, that it just, just electrifies you and you're feeling yourself in that moment. You like rock rap. Yeah. Dude. What do you like? Uh, there's this guy. He's a, there's a, a white rapper named Tom McDonald. Okay. And he's like, he's a hardcore Patriot rapper, dude. He's okay. an independent artist. Like, so you like him. Yeah. So he's playing in your head and yeah. you're feeling yourself. Yeah. How many times are you thinking to yourself after you're at, uh, and you're on this vibe of what his music is and you're thinking, I'm grateful that I'm alive. You're not thinking about that. You're thinking about what you're going to do. That's going to be more. I don't know. That's going to aid to your, your extended cockiness because you're feeling cocky in the song that's playing in your head. And you don't mean to do that. It's just what music does to us cerebrally, cerebrally. It's just, that's what it does to us, man. So for me, it's like rap. I'll listen to rap. I listen to all kinds of rap. Now, when I listen to rap, I get in a flow state in my thinking where I want to get the bag. I want to get the Lambo. I want to build this. I want to build that. And I'm not thinking about shit else. And that's a problem. Because life and people matter way more than what kind of Lamborghini I want to get. They just do. And we forget about that shit when we're listening to those theme songs, our theme songs that are playing in our our head like we're coming out to a fight. (laughs) And it's like, it's all us. And that's the thing that keeps kind of re-entertaining itself in my mind throughout the years of my existence. This has been, I always, I battle this and maybe it's, it's the devil and, and the angel, but it's like, I want to be a hardened version because I don't want people to walk over me Mm. and I want people to understand my directive and, and, and really respect myself. Like we all want to be respected, but I also I also want to feel for people in the state that they're in. And I want to be grateful for all the little things because those little things are the things that actually make me and who I am. And, and I know that I'm susceptible to anything in life. I could get knocked off my high horse in a matter of seconds 
And then where am I? Mm -hmm. If I don't have people at the bottom to pick me up when I fall and I'm like, I'm not saying that I go through life and I, and I, and I contend with everybody. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that these things in the back of my mind are more important and imperative when juxtaposed to being hard and being, uh, being, a, I guess, I don't know, in some ways, a modern man, mm-hmm. modern man, not a traditional, I mean, a modern man. Like right. we want to be hard. We want to be resilient. We want to be stoic. Yes, I get all that. I am all those things, but I can't help but fight this feeling of understanding that there's far more utility and value attached to empathy than we rather would like to contend with. And that's, that's important, man, because it can be gone in a matter of seconds. We could get a, we could get a, 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 obviously a, a horrible phone call about somebody we love. Mm -hmm. I mean, our dogs even like something could happen to them. Yeah. Are you a hard man when that happens? When something like that happens? No, you're not, man. You're 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 very fuck. At that point, you're weakened. <laughs> you're as strong as an eggshell at that point. Nothing. You're nothing. <laughs> yeah, dude. you're nothing. So, and it's because we are more than just our exterior. Right. We are far more internal as human beings than we are external in what we do. And I mean, we're a lot of those things. We're a lot of the external. If if we weren't, we wouldn't have skyscrapers. We wouldn't have these, you know, we wouldn't have civilizations. Right. But at the same time, we're far more internal too. We, that we're, we're more internal that we don't give credit to, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And those internal sentiments matter a lot, dude. And being grateful and having empathy for others, those are humongous. And understanding why people are saying what they're saying it, you know, it's hard. We want to just verbally assassinate them at times, mm-hmm. but the grateful, the being grateful aspect is most monstrous paramount thing that we could, that we could actually engage in on a daily basis. Yeah. Being grateful for the fact that you have your parents and your dog and your siblings and nobody's called you to tell you something treacherous has happened to them. Gratitude is something that is very easy to have, but it's also very easy to lose because you just go on social media and you scroll for 30 seconds and you see somebody with a lot of hundred dollars and they're just at the club blowing it. Or you see somebody getting on their private jet or you see somebody like, you know, Oh yeah, me and my friends are over here on this beach and like, it's so great. And you know, here we are just with a perfectly good roof over our head, food in the fridge you know, a little bit of gas in the car, brother, sister, mom, dad, everybody's happy and healthy. Um, and that just doesn't seem like enough, but we're not grateful for that part because we don't have the glitz and the fashion and the fame and the Rolex and people are, you know, they're, they're just, you forget. It's so easy to like, just forget about that. And I do it constantly, dude. I'm like one to say I'm guilty of it all the time. Like I forget that. Yeah, dude recently within like four years ago you couldn't walk if you wanted to like don't forget that dude remember there was a hole in your lung yeah don't forget that dude remember when like 
you couldn't sleep at night because you're in so much pain. Yeah, don't forget that, dude. And remember who saved you from all of this and who brought you back? Yeah, really don't forget that one, dude. And I think a big part of it has to do with society. Kind of like what you're saying is how guys want to be hard. Everybody wants to be this big dog, macho, look at me. Okay, you know, And that's all shaped from society easily because on anything, any source of media, it all shows you that. Like, no, you're not a good dude. This is like when before my accident, this is what I wanted to do. I wanted to be that guy. That's why I started working out, dude, because I didn't love myself. I had no like self-respect whatsoever just from my childhood and like that stuff was never established in me. So I wanted to work out because I wanted people to see me and kind of like what you were saying, I didn't want people to walk on me because I got picked on a whole bunch in junior high and high school. And I decided at that point in time, I'm going to get so big that nobody is ever going to want to mess with me. They're not going to talk crap to me anymore. And they're going to want to be me because every dude wants to be jacked with a six pack and have a hot girlfriend, a nice car and a nice crib. So you know what? That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to figure it out. And I did. I did the best I could. And that's what led me to being broke, lonely, and embarrassed. Like trying to fit into that life, society, societal life image. Dude, there's nothing to it, man. There's nothing to it. And yeah, money can't buy happiness, but it also can't buy fulfillment, like what you're saying. And that's huge, dude. And like, that's a big one. It shouldn't be money can't buy happiness. It should be money can't buy fulfillment. Mm-hmm. Because that's what the different. That's what yeah. Because you can buy it happiness for sure. Yeah, bro. dude. I'm happy. You give me a Lambo. I'm real happy. Right. Exactly. <laughs> like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> like, yeah. You happy to play, like house on the beach? Yeah, very happy about that. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah, they should definitely change that. That that whole phraseology into money can't buy fulfillment. Because phraseology. I like that. That's a good one. It is true, man. Because happiness comes and it's fleeting. Yeah. You know, but fulfillment is something that is, is created over mm-hmm. time and it's stepped into, you don't just, I'm fulfilled one day you wake up. I mean, you have to, you have to create the surrounding that allows you to become fulfilled eventually, mm-hmm. you know, and whether you are consciously doing that or it's unconsciously happening around you because of the way your what your mind thinks about and how you direct your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Well, either way, that's going to create fulfillment for you. If and fulfillment is going to naturally come if you're on your purpose and you're being utilized and you're contributing to the world mm-hmm. in a very benevolent fashion. But if you're not and you're just kind of meandering through life and doing hedonistic things, well, I mean yeah, it's going to be momentary. Mm-hmm. You're going to find what you think is fulfillment. It's not. It's you're you're conflating that for momentary blissfulness and happiness, but it's not giving you fulfillment, which is entirely what you're after as a human being. Yeah. We're only about being fulfilled, being accepted, being respected. You know, obviously male and females we have different, they have different things that they're after than maybe a male and females are after different things. Mm-hmm. But typically as a man, I can speak on this. We want to be respected. We want to be accepted. We want to be, we want to be looked up to admired. I mean, that those are things, those are attributes that males search for in other males. Leadership. It's right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, those are contribute. Those are obviously constituents of being a leader. Mm-hmm. So, 
we we naturally gravitate to that. It, that's it. If we have a, if we feel like we have a stab at being a leader, we're gonna want to adopt those characteristics. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it comes out of threat. Like if for you, it came out of threat. You know, because you were in a circumstance in your life that was less than positive and you wanted to circumvent that. And that's how you went about it, which is what most guys would do. Yeah. You know, that was, that's start, that's the starting point mm-hmm. and then goes up from there, you know, but I definitely have heard that story before with other people. And in fact, that's kind of how I first picked up a barbell too. It was, it didn't start lifting weights for me. It was like, I remember I got picked on in the dugout when I was like 12 at one of my baseball games. And I still remember the guy it was every, I remember everything, but I remember thinking, fuck that. And I went home and I picked up my dad's weights in the garage and started curling them. Cause I didn't know shit. Yeah. So I just start curling weights. And, um, obviously that didn't lead to anything that day, <laughs> but it, <laughs> it built up this sort of like impetus to do that. And then, so I did it and then it fizz, fizzled out because I thought, and eh, whatever, but it's as men, we have that, we have that innate need to become something of intimidation, whether it's benevolent intimidation or malevolent intimidation, either way, it's something that, that directs us and motivates us, you know, um, yeah, that's just the reptile part of our brain. Though. It is just yeah. going to the fight or flight thing. It is. Yeah. And when you can really, when you can sit with yourself and realize that's fleeting, I can't make it through life being that way. If I am, nobody's going to want to be around me. And if there's one thing I know as a human, we want, we want unity yeah, with, we want communication mm-hmm. with others. So if there's none of that, I can't even be a human now. Forget being a man. Right. I can't even, I can't even operate as a human being. But this is something that, okay. So Matt Hughes, you know, what Matt Hughes is, I want to talk about this real quick because Matt Hughes was a professional UFC fighter. Oh yeah. I know Matt Hughes. Matt yeah, Hughes. I was like, why does that sound so familiar? Yeah. He's a, yeah, he's a good dude. So he was one of the best. I think it was a welterweight, a middleweight. I forgot. I'm going to get probably grilled on that, but he was the best in his, in his weight division. And he came out on into the arena with this type of an attitude. He was a country, country boy. I mean, you know, you know, the background of Matt. So he come out and he was very confident. You could see in his eyes and he would course between one end of the octagon and the other looking at the opponent, just side-eyeing, like side-eyeing them, man, you know, and, but very, in a very confident, I don't care way because I'm going to kick your ass. That's how kind of what he embodied. And that's how it was at least conveyed to me when I would watch him. Mm -hmm. And then shortly after his career, he gets in a massive collision and he now for, for, for lack of a better way to say it, he's a vegetable basically. Um, he's not a vegetable per se, but he, he's very, uh, very much impacted by what happened. And it came 
by way of a, of an accident. Uh, somebody, I want to say running into him, but I'm not in his car, in his truck. Nonetheless, I want to say it was a, it was a collision. Um, but the fact is you see this man that was once a leader in his space and feared as a fighter. Now he's, and I, this is not a, a reduction of any sort, right? But he's not the, the, the man that he once was. And I, mm-hmm. and I to say that in a very begrudgingly way, because I don't even want to say that because it's not like, that's not how I view him, right. but anybody else, we would view it like that at first take mm-hmm. because he bear, can barely walk. Uh, he can't formulate sentences and even really words that well. He, it's like, he's, maybe five years old. Oh man. It's an, it's, it's insane. And I didn't know this happened until I watched, I watched something on, um, Instagram. I think it was. Mm. And then I saw that and I was like, Oh, like just like what was on your face right yeah. now. And I looked it up further and it's true. I mean, it was, it, it's, you know, like it wasn't an act. It wasn't anything. So I, the long winded way of saying life is precious mm-hmm. and there's no utility in being just a badass. There's no utility or merit or value or nobility in the pursuit of just being a badass. If you're going to be a badass, then you need to be able to understand the balance of being an empath too. And being grateful and having gratitude towards the things that you cannot change. And if they decide to change against you, not in your favor, knowing that every day you have, it's in your favor because nothing has gone wrong is a solid great day because anything can happen. You're, you're susceptible to anything. None of us are exempt from the possibilities of something treacherous like that happening in our life and totally changing us forever. And I, I, I can't even, I can't even imagine what that might be like for him. And it's not just him. There's multiple people in the world that are seemingly at a disadvantage. And then you're, you and I are complaining about, what shirt we don't have to wear for the day. Right. Yeah. It's like, fuck man. But when you, it's hard to always think this way because if we were to always think about and reflect about being grateful, we, we would be almost in a sorrowful state all day long. And I mean, what I mean by sorrowful is like, you can't help, but yes, be happy because you're grateful. But at the same time you're reflecting you're reflecting on what is not negative that's happened that could happen in your life. Like for example, not mm-hmm. getting a, a bad phone call. You're reflecting on, I didn't get a bad phone call. That's a really good day. You think it's happiness, but you're also reflecting in terms of negativity as well, mm-hmm. because you're thinking about the bad phone call right. possibly could happen. So it's like, you don't want to always be thinking about that sort of thing because then you're always kind of being like a sorrowful state. Like, ah, 
well, at least I have my parents. I'm glad they're alive. You can't help but say that and feel kind of sad yeah. at the same time. Yeah. So you can't always reflect like that. But doing so willingly until it becomes kind of autonomous in certain in certain times of the day or certain things that might provoke that that thought from to materialize is what you want to be after. Mm-hmm. Doing that consistently. And it's sort of like, it's sort of like when you don't have a direction in life, like when we were talking briefly before we got on and we were talking about how you don't have to have pause, like this whole notion of positive thinking, whereas it's just, it should be almost like a, just a doer mentality. Like you just start thinking, I want to do this and not manifesting anything or attracting what you think about because you're just thinking about it. That doesn't make any sense, right? You have to keep doing because obviously in the Bible it even says faith without works is dead. So you have to do what you think about, but you do, if you think so, so much about that certain thing, your brain starts to try to connect the dots in ways that are going to have that thing materialize in real time, in real life. And you might not know that's how it's happening or that's how it's being conducted, but that's what's happening. Mm-hmm. So not positive thinking, but thinking what you could be and what you want to be. And then navigating in that way, that mo- navigating in such a way rather that moves you closer towards that directive, because that's the only way you're going to create something from nothing. Is if you think about it consistently, it almost becomes autonomous to you. Like this thought process. Well, that's what that's what having having that gratitude should be. It should be almost autonomous. I just I'm just grateful that I I have this call from my dad. I have this call from my mom. I'm able to text my mom. I'm able to go out to dinner with her. I'm grateful for those memories that I have now mm-hmm. that I wouldn't have had if she were not here. And furthermore, I'd be in a in a far more disparaging state if she weren't here. Right. I don't know, man. It's a constant. It is, it is a constant evaluation of who we are as humans, but it's a constant pursuit in the betterment of who we are as humans by nurturing aspects like that in our life, nurturing, I guess, mental, mental constructs like that in our life. If we don't foster those constructs, we're, we're going to be left to just doing what we like thinking with our reptilian brain Mm -hmm. and servicing that side of our brain and really only that side. Right. And that there's no fulfillment in that. Yeah, dude, you said it pretty, pretty spot on. I was like, on track and then I'd have a thought and then I would just, that one would go away and we'd get a track on a second thought. And now I have like four thoughts and I don't even know where they went. Uh, <laughs> that's my life when I podcast. That's what happened to me just like, yeah. like 10 minutes ago, man. Like, all right, don't forget it. Don't forget it. I was thinking and I was like, and then all of a sudden I looked at my dog and I just, everything just went out the window, man. It happens. I'm probably going to edit that part out. <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> So where now? 
I don't know, dude. That's a good question. I was just twenty nine. Yep, twenty nine. Recently married. About a year ago, a little over a year. We're moving to Florida. Um, and I don't know what exactly we're gonna do over there, but it's something that the Lord wants us to do. So I'm sure he's got something good in store. And again, kind of just going back to what we've been talking about before about being patient and wondering what's going to happen, what's going to happen, how's it going to happen. Do we, like, we know and trust and believe that something good, like like you were saying, like one day I'm going to keep doing the best that I can do every single day and I'm going to catch a break. Um, that's really what, instead of, it's not so much like one day, believe, not only do we, yes, we believe in ourselves, but we believe in the Lord more than us that, okay, we're going to do what he wants us to do. And regardless if we know exactly what we're doing, he's going to provide for us. <clears throat> he's going to take care of us and something well, yeah, is going to happen. Right. And let me, let me stop you right there and say, how does that happen? Which part? This how is a rhetorical question mm-hmm. because oh, okay. basically it's going to happen through people how he moves in your life. It's mm-hmm. going to happen. Through, how else can it happen? Right. Yeah. It's got to happen through people. So that's why I say, cause a lot of people will say that is a very flagrant way of thinking. having the whole thought process of, well, I'm going to catch a break one day. No, that's how almost everybody gets put on. And I say almost because I can't account for everybody in the world, seven, 8 billion people, but that's how you change in life. You get, you catch a break. It's an opportunity. It's a, it comes in the form of an email or a person that might notice what you're good at and want to put you on because they have contacts here, there, everywhere. The fo- the point is God orchestrates through people. Yeah, He's going to orchestrate your shift, your break, quote unquote, through people. Yeah, It's all about breaks. Mm-hmm. You can work hard, hard, hard. But you need a break. Everybody needs a break. And I don't mean a break of time. I mean a break in order to go to the next level. Yeah. Like you don't, this is not a linear process. (laughs) You might think it is and you think it is, you want it to be, but it's not. There is a, there's a point in time where there's going to be an opportunity that's going to be shifted in your direction. And you don't know this, but it's been orchestrated over years and years and years. And it's going to come in the form of a person, another person, either if it's you building a a massive company and you landing a certain client that is now able to fund all of your business through the year and everything else is just extra revenue, whatever, Mm -hmm. that's a break. Yeah. That came in the form of a person. You may have built the company, but you didn't have the, if you didn't have the company, you wouldn't have had that person to see the value in your company to be the big break, quote unquote, client that's going to fund all your shit that you need for that year. And everybody else is extra now. Mm-hmm. So everything you projected for that year is made by that one client. So all the 29 other clients, it's all extra. This is great. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's what I'm talking about, people, when I say catching a break. It's not wishing upon a star, eating puff puffs on your couch and just waiting for that, that time to happen and something to magically come your direction from you not doing a fucking thing and sitting on your couch. No, I'm saying the break comes by way of your work, 
But then what God is orchestrating in the background and going to do through people that benefits you. Yep, exactly. It has to happen that way. How else can it happen? Shit just falls from the heavens? No. It happens by God orchestrating. His timing, dude. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly, man. So we don't know what state we're, we don't know where we're going to land. Essentially. We don't, we're in a state of like disparageness. Some, to some degree, we're in a state of frustration to some degree. We're in a state of, you know, ambiguity to some degree, but here's the thing. Your life could change tomorrow. It could not. It could also go backwards Mm -hmm. by way of an accident. God forbid all those things, understanding that they could all happen is obviously the latter is not a reason to want to keep going, obviously, but being, it is a, it is a element to understand, to recognize, to be grateful for the fact that it hasn't happened. Right. So that could be essentially a driving mechanism for your future too. understanding that I'm grateful that none of those things have happened. And then knowing that something could happen tomorrow at best, everything stays neutral, right? Yeah. If nothing else shit stays neutral, that's still a good day. So any way you frame it, it's upside. The fact that you're still living upside, the fact that you're not in a position that is less than favorable is upside. The fact that you're still alive and God's doing something in your life, it's upside. Yeah. So just wait on the break, right? Just wait on the break, man. Yeah. It's happening. And even more so for you, because you now have this solidification that there is a break coming. But I think like the way I know for sure. I don't, okay. I don't know very much, but I have a good feeling that God wants to use my life and my story to show other people about all of this and like what it could be like, you guys don't have to go out and get hit by a car going 44 miles an hour to have that type of look and perspective on life. I mean, you can, but I wouldn't risk it or tell my worst enemy in the world to do it because it sucks a lot. Take it from me. But we don't need that to ha- like you don't be slapped in the face that hard by life to have that um, every day is my last day type of mentality. You know what I mean? And that's that was one of the biggest eye openers to me to realize that is like, dude, you didn't have to get hit by a car to be grateful for everything you have. You didn't have to go through all this mess to see things from this perspective. It was there the whole time. You just never took the time, effort, or energy to realize the situation, solve it and just change your perspective. That's all it is. I mean, you're having a bad day cause somebody cut you off or somebody didn't treat you very well at work or you had a customer. Yeah, that sucks dude. But do you still have a job? Yes. Are you leaving that day with more money than you came in with? Yes. Do you know that person's story? Do you know what they're going through that day? No. Do you think maybe they're having a worse day than you? Probably. Cool. Well, guess what? You still got the job. You got paid. What's there to be mad about? You know, it's the little stuff like that that really helped me change my mind and my perspective. And I hope to help other people through my day to day, whatever I do. That's why I'm always optimistic guy. I was naturally optimistic, but now even more, more so than not. Yeah. Well, you definitely have a story and you definitely have 
meaning behind your existence. And Thanks, it's going to unfold more and more as you live life. Yeah. And that's, that's for all of us is though. God's given us all a plan here for a purpose. And that's just the, our job is to keep going, doing the best we can, putting our faith and trust in him and know that we're going to get a break. Think about what, like you think we're having a hard time. Moses led his people through is the desert for 40 freaking years, man. You think you're having a rough break? How about waiting 40 years for something, dude? Kevin, not Kevin Hart. Was it Kevin Hart? No, Steve Harvey was in the entertainment industry for 40 years before he got his break. Mm -hmm. And like, we just got to keep our, keep our mind and our eyes and our heart focused on God. That those little passions, those little hobbies that we love, these things that make us all excited. And then we love to do those are passions. That's God. God's given us for a reason. And who knows what that passion is going to be used for down the road. But it's all there for a purpose, even though sometimes we're like, what am I doing in my life? Yeah. Oh, almost every day. Right. And <laughs> Welcome to the club, dude. But it, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it, those are the, those are the things you need to think about. You need life wouldn't be complete. And I hate to say that, but it's like, it wouldn't be complete if we didn't think about, if we didn't have those days where we're frustrated and we're yeah. not content and we're not, we, we're, we're, we're questioning everything because that's what makes us up as human beings. We don't know why we're here. I mean, even the top scientific researchers don't know everything about, we don't know a lot of things about the brain, about the body, the chemicals in the brain. We know a lot, but we don't know everything. Yeah. And we're still, we're still learning. So I say that to say that, we're, we're, we're not, we don't have a blueprint of how to navigate life. We don't have a blueprint of what to do and how to be our best. We just, that's where these questions pose themselves so frequently. Mm -hmm. So we're just doing the best we can. But the problem with that is it's never good enough. And we always want it. We think we could do more. Well, maybe you can't, that's the thing. Maybe yeah. you have to put a cap on it. You can't do more. So as much as you're doing great, don't worry about the rest because you can't do anything about it anyways. Yep. You know, and it's, you know, I talk about this a lot, but we were talking about Steve Harvey getting his break. Yeah. Okay. His break came in the form of a person, Ron White, you know, Ron White, the I comedian. Ron I always White, talk dude. about this and I've talked about this like four times on the podcast now. So not always, but it seems like a lot. Ron White got his break, I believe, when he was 42 years old in the, when he was in the desert, when living in the desert, and he thought that was going to be the rest of his life. Like, he was, like, living in, I don't know if it's living in the desert shit. I, I met that, I may mean, mess that part up, but either way, he's 42, right? and he gets a call from Jeff Foxworthy. Hey, man, you want to be a part of this blue collar thing we got going on? I love your, I saw a reel of it, or whatever it was. Yeah. I want you to be, I want you to come aboard. That... And I think he even Ron was like in a point where he was like, yeah, I don't know about that, man. And he really? ended up do, yeah, I want to say that. I want to say he wasn't like full fledged, like, let's go. Yeah. But I could be wrong. But the point is, at 42, his life changed. Mm -hmm. And 42 to whatever he is now, I don't know, 50, 60 something years old. I mean, like, just in that span of time. 
is how we come to know who Ron is and he's essentially cultivated everything that he has. Mm-hmm. And it feels like we've, it feels like Ron's been famous for 80 years. Right? You know what yeah, I mean? I'm- like, <laughs> but he hasn't, he got put on when he was 40 something. You know, when, what I'm saying is that can happen to any and all of us. I mean, yeah. Colonel Sanders was 65. Yeah, man. I just saw the documentary on him the other night yeah. on TV. And it's like, most of us at the age of 30 something would be like, dude, nothing's happening. I'm dead in the water. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, like, dude, this is it. Life's over. Like, it's done. Yeah. I I'm, I'm smoked, bro. Right. Toast. And you, and that's the thing. We're, we're, we don't see things the way God sees things. We don't, our days are not like God's days. What is it like a thousand years is one day to God or something mm-hmm. like that? Yeah. I mean, put that into perspective, people. That's crazy. <laughs> right. I mean, you haven't, you think 200 years ago is ancient. You want to know? That's what, not even a day to God. Dude, this isn't, this one blows my mind all the time. God has more thoughts about you than there are pebbles on the beach. Yeah. Think about it's, that oh, one. Dude. I can't. I know, right? <laughs> I can't. <laughs> Our brain just can't function that. <laughs> I right. go to the beach and I'm like, wow, that's a lot. <laughs> oh my gosh, man. Yes. <laughs> anyway, sorry. No, but look, man, on that note, we've been talking for like an hour and a half. I'm sure you have you have plans, man, and I don't want to keep you too long. You're my you're my um you're the five yeah, dude. I got nothing. But man, I wanna I wanna just end on you telling Pete because I want I know you've you've talked a lot about your circumstance and things that have gone on and, you're in, and really we've talked in, in concert about navigating through life, but you have the mic. I want you to talk to the people right now listening. Some of these people are in very, very disparaging states in life. They're sort of nihilistic. They don't think that there's a God. Some of these people that are listening are atheists. So... I don't want to give you, I don't want you to give them words of wisdom here, words of hope. I want you to talk to them authentically and I want you to tell them what's on your heart about if they're in this state and they're thinking, they're questioning everything. They're questioning their existence. They're questioning why they're even alive. Like, like I just said, they're questioning what to do in their day to day, what job they need to take, what who they should, what they should do on Instagram, anything. Cause that's obviously a thing now, but talk to them about what it means to circumvent yourself out of the disparaging state, the nihilistic state, the, the, the negativity that's constantly around us. How do you, how do you navigate that in life? How have you done that? Just talk to them authentically, man. Yeah, dude. Um, well, I would say if there's anybody who's just kind of on the boat, they're not sure if God is real, if they're an atheist, maybe they came from a, they have a Catholic, uh, a Catholic background and that kind of rubbed them the wrong way, wherever you may land on the, the map, um, highly recommend checking out this book called the case for Christ and it's on YouTube so you can watch it for free. It's about this journalist who, um, his main thing in the industry was to go against what people would write. They would say something and then he's like, no, you're wrong. And let me prove you wrong and write about it. And that's what he did. So him and his wife just get married and they're both atheists. And, um, this, I think they are just had a baby or something and something crazy happens. The baby's life gets saved and there's a woman there. Um, 
and the wife is like, oh my gosh, how did this happen? Thank you so much. And the lady responds, no, don't thank me. That was, that was God, honey. Thank the Lord. And them being atheists, um, the husband was like, no, this is a bunch of BS, dude. There's no way this is real. But the wife was like, no, I, honey, I think there's this God thing is real because there's no way this could have happened without somebody bigger and better being in protection, basically. Um, and the husband gets real upset about it. And he's like, you know what, dude? I'm going to prove this wrong. And he sets out on this journey to prove the Bible is wrong and that Jesus did not exist. And there is, there's over 500 um, actual like physical artifacts or not artifacts, um, documents of like the date and the time that eyewitness accounts that Jesus was there. When he died and he rose again, there's over 500 eyewitness accounts that he was there. There's like, and this guy goes through it. He's a, he's a journalist and he goes to, to like the doctors and the lawyers and like all these people. And um, at the end of the movie, he's obviously a Christian now. And he, it's an amazing movie. So if you're ever bored, check it out. Um, and for, for th- those other people out there that are sitting in their car with their hands on the steering wheel, their head on their hands, tears in their eyes, and the mascara running down your face. And I know there's some people out there because we've all been there before. And if you're that person and you're wondering, what do I do now? Just know that God is the answer, that he is real. And it's going to hurt because you don't want to hear it, but he does love you and he does care about you. And he does want to have a relationship with you. The hardest part is us as humans being able to let our guard down that has been built up by society for so many years and all of our pain that we've had um, that and all the trust that's been broken and all the hurt that we have a hard time really letting go of ourself and saying, okay, Lord, but like I've done this before with so-and-so and this happened. And I'm, I really like this. Like there's a picture of um, this little girl with a teddy bear in her hands. And then Jesus is bending down and looking at her with his hands stretched out saying, give me the teddy bear, not knowing that he has a bigger, better teddy bear behind his back. It's a super cliche picture, but dude, it, it pictures like have, that. have a million words. And I've looked at this so many times because there's just times in life when God wants us to give something up that we hold so dear to our heart, whether it be a good thing or even a bad thing that we want to let go, but it's what we know as comfort and it's what we know as security. So we don't want to let it go. Even not knowing that God's going to have something bigger and better in mind for him or for us, mm-hmm. for everybody. Um, I like that, man. I like that. That whole um, picture, just the whole vision, man, about God trying to what you what it seems like you're taking. He's taking something from you, right? And you're holding on to it, but then He has something much greater for you. Yeah, and dude. it's just a matter of trust. And it's hard for us to trust things we can't see. Oh yeah, and that's absolutely. the that's the hardest obstacle I think we have to face, is not being able to trust because we just can't see what's ahead. And as long as we understand what's in front of us and we can see what's in front of us, we're good. Right. But it's like the foreign waters. No, it's that's that's another. That's another. Uh, 
that's a whole other contention in and of its own. You know, we we don't want to we don't want to guess because we don't want to fail because we don't want to be wrong. Yeah. And but God's trying to tell you, man. There's only that success is going to come by you failing. The success is going to come by you believing that there's something when you can't see nothing, you know, and there's, it looks like I'm taking something from you, but I'm actually harboring something so much more profound, but you just can't see it yet. Yeah. But it's on you to trust me. It's on you to take the first step. Yeah. He gives us the choice of free will. So, and he gives us that choice for the purpose. So, you know, he made angels to praise him and, and love him, which is great, but that's what makes us different than angels is we have the right to say yes or no. And that's why I think what he wants the most from us is to have a relationship, but wanting to have a relationship with him Mm. and wanting that, that area of connection, that level of, of intimacy that you can go to him and, with your eyes bawling and literally just open up everything inside of you and just lay it all out there and know that he feels your pain. He hears your words. He knows what you're going through and he wants to make it better for you. But just like we can't, when we break an arm and we put a cast on, it doesn't heal the next day. So when all of us, a lot of us are, are broken on the inside and we want all this to be fixed, which it will be, but if we could just send up a prayer and ask God, Hey Lord, can you help me with this, please? In Jesus name. Amen. And then the next day it did like, where would we, where would we find, what would we find from that? You know? Right. And that doesn't build character. Exactly. And we need character more than anything, you know? And that's, that's what helps us to interface in a more empathetic way to people. That's what helps us to navigate our own life and help us, helps us to really direct others as well. You know, if we face these things our own and we've mm-hmm. came out of it, even if we're scathed in the process, we're able to we're able to distribute information to people that we wouldn't be able to otherwise because we've gone through these things. We have we're now living testimony. Exactly. And dude. now you're penetrable to the yeah. person, you know, whereas before you would just be empty words yep. and God doesn't want that. He wants your words to have weight and value and meaning. So he takes you through these things in life, these courses, and it helps to build character. And as a result, you're now more of of a soldier. You're hundred percent. You're 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 battle now, hardened. Yeah, yeah, and that's what he's after. So it's a tough thing though, because in the moment when you're going through these obstacles mm-hmm. and you're getting burned, uh, you're not you're not thinking that shit, man. No. You're thinking um, because your brain's first desire is to gain comfort and control. Yeah. And so when things are out of control and they're chaotic and it's not comfortable, well, fight or flight, what am I going to do? Right. And so, but that's why times of reflection are very, very important because you, when you reflect, you realize you put things in perspective mm-hmm. and this is all a part of the equation this is all part of the master equation that he has for your life. And it's an effort to orchestrate things in a manner that suits you in a way that you're not even understanding of yet, that you haven't even come into contact, into, into, um, into thought about, you know, you, you think you know what you want, Mm -hmm. 
that's what you want right now because you're a young, dumb 22-year-old. You know, you don't really know what you want yet. Yeah. And you don't really know where you're best going to be best served at and 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 for. I do, though. You know what I mean? That's I made what, you. Like what he's saying. <laughs> yeah. It's like that's I, what he's saying. I got this all written down. Trust me. And something I think about often, too, is the stuff that we go through now. Who knows if it could just be one person, like one little person that you see at a bus stop or at a restaurant. And they ask you a simple question. And because of your crazy life experience that you went through, you can be like, oh, yeah, I've been through that. And this is what happened to me. It'll be okay. And then you change that person's life forever. Mm -hmm. Or you, you know, there's just like, just the little stuff like that. Or because of what we go through now, God can use it for him later. And I don't know, this keeps coming to my heart or on my mind. So, um, if somebody's listening to this podcast and they kind of feel like they're, they want to know who God is. They're curious if there is an, a creator, but they just don't feel they're good enough. If they don't feel that, if they feel like they have done the ultimate thing and that there's no way whatsoever that anybody could love you or let alone the creator of the universe could love you. Um, just know that I am right there with you. And I have not lived a very pretty past either. And he wants me to tell you that he does love you very much. And he knows what he's you've been through. And he wants to take that weight off of your shoulders. So I hope that sounds out to somebody. I feel like there's it somebody does. out there, dude. It does and it will. And I just want to thank you for being here, man. I want to thank you for for just giving me your time. And, and more importantly, allowing the listeners to understand who you are and, and your, your story. And it's just, it's impactful, man. And, you know, I, I just, I, you're, you're just a living testament of the fact that a God is real and B he does things through us to better us, even though that seemingly in the process, it seems like they're meant to destroy us. Mm -hmm. There's a discernment to that. And you have to be able to discern what is meant to destroy you and what is meant to better you. Many times people have the victim mentality and mm -hmm. they think everything is against them and plotted against them for a reason. And it's to destroy them. Well, you know, I would juxtapose that to you waking up every day uh, I don't think that that's the case. You know, you're waking up every day. Mm -hmm. So there's clearly, this is a, not meant to destroy you. This is meant to better you. Yeah. So like you said it well, change your perspective. And I think it's just, even though those words are very rudimentary, I think that they have a lot of meaning and utility in our lives. And they're almost words that we braze over every day, oh, yeah, you know, oh, change. It's like, okay. But you really should change your perspective because that is most everything in life. I could live in a mansion and drive a hundred Lambos. And if I think, man, I'm just out. Like I, I don't, I don't have any worth. I, I could make myself think all these belittling things, but really the thing that's gotten me there 
has been the fact that what, what God's done it through my life, the talents that he's inculcated within me already. And the fact that I'm here nobly in an honorable way, because I've earned it from what God's put in me and who I've affected as a result. And these things are just byproducts of my talent mm. that God placed in me. Therefore, I can't boast in myself and say I'm self-made because if, by that extension, no one's self-made mm-hmm. because everything that anybody ever has, has been given to them by God. Mm-hmm. The talent that you and I possess, it's been given to you by God. Therefore you can't boast and say you're self-made mm-hmm. because God made it. God mm-hmm. made it first and you're just the one that capitalized on it. <laughs> right. Right. I was going to say something. Uh, what was it? What was it? Uh, I remember it was, he leaves the 99 for the one. Oh, and if anybody uh, was listening to this, wants to reach out to uh, me is wicked underscore miracle um, is the Instagram handle. Feel free or Justin and he can get a hold of me, but I'm more than welcome to talk to anybody. Spell that anything. out. Spell that out for us. Uh, oh yeah, W Y C K E D underscore M I R A C L E, and uh, that's what it was. So something that I did. Um, so this is something that I didn't mention before. I don't know if Chelsea has, um, but I have been going to uh, Alcoholics Anonymous for over two years. So um, one thing my sponsor did that helped me get out of this slump of when I first got sober he said every morning when you wake up write down 10 things you're grateful for just 10 that's all you need to do and every day make sure they're different and that like really really helped me because after day three or four you got to really think about what you're grateful for yeah 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 it's relate and feel great compare and despair I love it man yeah dude I would end up writing the same 10 things now. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's why I do it. And it's really cool because then once you get some of the detailed stuff, you're like, okay, well, grateful for toilet paper. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Grateful oh. for toothbrush. That's nice also. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. You get to like the little stuff, dude. Like grateful for the air conditioning in my car on a hot day. Right, right, right. <laughs> like, yeah, dude. And you'd be surprised how like. How but that's a, probably a part of the task or the exercise rather because it wants you to get to the little things that you take for granted. Yeah. And so it's, it's unconsciously getting you to that state where you're thankful you have a kennel for your dog. Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's just the little, and the reason I say this cause I'm looking at my kennel, <laughs> my dog's kennel right now, but it's like, that's, that's obviously the, that's obviously the, the meaning behind the exercise. Get down yeah, to do. the little detail minutia that you take for granted every day, but really it doesn't have to be here and it could be worse. It could be the exact opposite and you could not have a toothbrush. You could not have toothpaste. You could not have teeth. You could not have teeth. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah so it's dude, like, so it's, it's really think right there. It. it gets down yeah. to the nitty gritty, but that's important to reflect on those things as it is all the big things as well. You yeah. know, and um, that's a good one. There's, too because i went through like this whole like alcohol thing was a big deal for me bro it like it put me through the ringer and after my accident i still didn't stop drinking so at the end of the day it came down to my wife now saying hey look i love you you're a great guy but i didn't i'm not with you to be with a drunk 
So you either stop drinking or we're going to have to separate your call. And that's what really was like, okay. That's good though. But yeah, that's good on her to have said that. Um, the, when we're in a funk, we don't want to do like the stuff. We don't want to do anything because we're lazy and, and, you know, depression, but just like making your bed every morning gets the ball rolling. Same Mm -hmm. with that little 10 like list thing. Yeah. You do something. So it's a start. It's like, then your brain starts working. Okay. Now what am I going to do next? Oh, I got some dishes to clean. All right, let's do that. Since I already did this one, like what's next after that, you know, just kind of gets the ball rolling. And if you're a masochist to some degree, do 50 pushups on top of that right out of bed. So that way you've now worked harder than everybody than else. Most people <laughs> yeah. in I a day. I so by 5am I've done the hard I've work. Done all the work. Yeah. I, I say that uh, jokingly because I heard that on a, um, I think it was like a, some like Instagram meme or something like that. And I mean, yes, there's utility in that. Yeah. But do you have to do that? No. But I mean, look, there are some utility. If you're if you're a lazy piece of shit, yes, you should try to do 50 push-ups, even if that because that might be the only exercise you get for the day. So in that regard, yes, do that. 50 push-ups, even if they do on your knees, fine. But, but you do did them. it. That's the problem. But you did them. But yeah. you did it, and it's developing discipline too, exactly. right? And so those things are paramount because they'll they'll definitely transmute into the rest of your life, you know? Yeah. So, anyways. Dude, we could talk about psychology and like all this stuff, like a whole other podcast, bro. I got, and we'll I'll have you back, bro. Yes, we'll have a, I'll have you back. We'll do another one. Yeah. Um, but uh, say that Instagram handle one more time so they. So oh yeah. Remember, uh, wicked w y c k e d underscore miracle, m i r a c l e on Instagram. There it is, man. Yeah, Dustin, it's a pleasure, bro. Dude, thank you so much, man. This is the first time. I've never like done one, so it was exciting. Oh, I'm I glad I popped your cherry, bro. <laughs> yeah, thank you, bro. <laughs> All right, bro. Done. Yeah.